And one of the things that the Lord has really been speaking to me the last several days is this. How many people have been set free by Jesus? Okay, you've been set free. We've been set free in our heart, amen? The chains that were once there have been broken off, amen? Now, sometimes we live like they're still there, don't we? But come on, Jesus came to set us free. And when the Son sets you free, amen? When we start to hear the truth and we allow that truth to enter therein and minister and drive out every lie we have spent a lot of time believing, what does that truth do? It sets us what? Free. Now, a lot of us like that. Who likes being free? Who likes to know that the Lord came to set you free? Amen. But I'm going to throw something at you right now. The Lord did not set you free for you. The Lord did not set you free for you. The Lord doesn't heal you for you. Now, you're a part of the equation, yes, in His plan, but it's not for you. How many know that, especially, I see it in the U.S. and in first world nations, we have really, unfortunately, made the gospel very self-centered. How many know that? The gospel has become very self-centered. The gospel has become very much about me and what my God can do for me when, guess what? He declared what He wanted and would and is doing in me, but for a greater purpose. It doesn't just stop with who? Amen? I was, uh, when I was in Ohio a couple weeks ago, I gleaned a lot of just experiences with those guys up there when I was speaking at that men's gathering in Ohio. And um, one, of the, uh, one of the brothers shared, hey, he said, I just heard a term the other day that's just really blown me away. He said, it's the term spiritual dominoes. I thought, spiritual dominoes? What's he talking about? He said, you know how you set up dominoes? You use dominoes for what they weren't made for, and you actually set them up and, and all these crazy designs, and when you hit that one domino, what starts to happen? Right? Something new happens, doesn't it? One moves, it touches the next, it touches the next, it touches the next, it touches the next, right? And, and he said, you know, it's really been interesting to watch how my life God is using as a part of that whole track of spiritual dominoes. I thought, huh, that makes me part of the body too. That makes me part of the plan of God too. It doesn't just stop with me. It doesn't start with me and it doesn't stop with me. Did you hear what I just said? It doesn't start. You better say that to yourself because y'all are looking at me like, huh? Whatever the Lord does in you does not start with you. And whatever He does doesn't end there either. Amen? So we're sitting there, and the and, uh, Lord just gave me a word for some of the pastors there, and I just began to speak it, and it was really cool because it's one of those things, those old uh, words and knowledge thing that the Lord uses not because of me or for any reason but because of the other person, and I, I share it over these ministers, and I'm praying over them, and one evidently is getting really ministered to because then I sick them loose. And I love when you sick Church of the Brethren pastors loose that have never walked in some of this stuff before. This one unassuming guy walks over. I, I got this secondhand because another guy came up. You know what you did to that brother? He says a guy came over to him and put his hand over him and said, Brother, 
I want you to know that the Lord is very interested in what's going on in the brokenness of your family. He'd never met the guy before. And I thought, wow. The man who was spoken to about his, the brokenness of his family and, and, and this pastor who had prayed over him because the Lord gave him a word to pray over him, he comes to me. Boy, that stuff you was doing was contagious. I said, well. <laughs> and just as he said that, I'm thinking spiritual dominoes. Right? And he said, so what do I do about this? I'm like, receive it, brother. Let the Lord take what the Lord. Well, what did he speak? That the Lord's going to bring healing to my family and the brokenness. Well, then you better receive it. But then you better start giving it. He said, well, you know, it is weird. I'm in a congregation of about 30 people or so, and nobody wants to go pray for the sick or anything, and I feel like I need to go out and do that, but I'm, I'm not licensed. I'm not. I said, buddy, do you know Jesus? You are a minister of the gospel. Go and pray. Go and pray. He said, really? I said, you've been doing it already, haven't you? He said, yeah, and I felt guilty. That's the enemy. Go and do it. And then I told him, be sure to call me and tell me what in the world happens because I want to see what happens with the continued spiritual dominoes. Amen? I, want, I love. So here's the deal. We are set free so that others can be set. We are freed so that others can be freed. You hear what I'm saying? Now, I'm not going to steal thunder because you know most of it, but as I ask my brother Mark Elder to head on up here real quick, if he could, and, and then his, his backup team that's about walk, to walk up there with him, I'm going to tell you about another guy. There's this guy named Frankie. I know, everybody, ooh, Frankie. Frankie, 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 Frankie. Frankie would be the first one to tell you that he was in bondage and he was in chains. And ultimately led to literal prison bars. How long was it? Nine years, three months in prison. Here's the crazy part. Prison wasn't prison, was it? <laughs> in prison. Yes. In nine years. We're just going to stand here like this so they can hear. <laughs> you came to know, really got serious and came to know the, the transforming power of Jesus right as you were entering in the system, weren't you? That heart-to-heart -heart transformation. Lord set him free. Anybody read the, the story of Joseph in, the, in Genesis about the favor that Joseph walked in? Oh, man. Dude had the keys to an F-150 in prison. The warden's F-150. Right? Okay. Touch the lives of many. But guess what? This was not for Frankie. This was for the lives of many others. Amen? And I'll never forget, I, I get on the phone two days after you got back into town, and, 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 and your daddy, Victor, called me. 
He said, hey, Frankie's in town. I never met you, had I? I don't, and then I recall, you just knew I was this. I know, that didn't matter at that point, did it? No, <laughs> I was that aspect of Dave at that point. I was that, but I, I had never spoken with Frankie. And Victor, I, he said, I want you to talk to Frankie. Here he is, before I could ever say, I haven't really, no. Said, hello. I said, hey, this is, Pat, this is Dave Chappell. He said, this is Frankie Hollingsworth. I'm glad I met Frankie because this is one of the many spiritual dominoes in a long journey. And because of his faithfulness stands a man next to him. Brother Mark, oh, I forgot your tissues, man. Dang, on it. If anybody has any they want to offer, it's a, here we go. See, ask and you shall receive, brother. There they are. Brother Mark, um, <laughs> all I can say is, look what the Lord has done. And uh, Mark and I have been talking the last several weeks, and the Lord has said, it's time. Start. Quiet man, Mark, it's time to open your mouth because you've got a testimony that's for someone else. So we're going to watch what happens when someone free, set free, is used to bring freedom. Amen? Let's welcome Mark Elder here. First, I'd like to give praise to God and to Frankie and Pastor Dave. Um, and Pastor Dave's correct, we've been talking for a couple weeks in a row. And, and I, I've explained my little story to him, and he's, he's like, we got to share that, you know. And and I, I automatically put the pressure on Frankie. Uh, because to be honest with you guys, what I'm going to tell you mostly is what was told to me. And Frankie has firsthand knowledge, and he'll share some of that with you too. But I just wanted to say to start it off with, uh, I was born and raised in Lynchburg, Virginia. I was baptized at 12 years old. And just to cut through all the ups and downs and all this stuff for childhood, teenage years, high school, early adulthood, um, I struggled. I struggled, and I made mistakes all along the way. I did some good things also, and there's people to testify against, to testify for that. But uh, the evil and the bad things that I did in my life it haunted me. It haunted me, and I, I wore this, this, this cloth of shame and guilt for a long, long time. And we fast forward to 2016, that area right there. Um, I started going to some churches. I started trying to find my way. I was trying to find my purpose, you know. I just, I, I was ready. And this was a little over three years ago. And what I did was, uh, it was difficult for me because the shame would not let go of me. The guilt would not let go of me. And I just knew in my heart, God would never accept me to, pr to, to heaven. I've been in prison too, you know, and uh, I started reading my Bible every day in prison. I mean, it was a transformation being done all through my life, but I, I just would not accept it because I felt so guilty. And then 2016 came, and it all changed. It all changed dramatically because of smoking cigarettes, doing drugs, uh, just, just having a life of Mark more than I did serve Jesus. Uh, it, it, it all just came to a screeching halt. 
And I'll just tell you the first part of it. Uh, I was told that on October 10th of 2016, one of the guys that was present, I was superintendent of a road crew out on the interstate. It was nighttime. Traffic, you know, and uh, he told me I'd, I'd been up front sweeping and trying to prepare the road for, for, for us to come through with the paver and stuff. And he said all of a sudden he looked up the road and he saw me walking back down and he said I was wobbling a little bit. And he said I grabbed hold of the truck, my pickup truck, and held on. So he started coming towards me and he said right as he got to me, I let go. And like I said, uh, I don't remember this event at all. It's been told to me by guys that were present. And uh, that's what I'm sharing with you. And what happened was I, the doctors told me that I had a massive heart attack. And that when I had the massive heart attack, it caused a stroke, which also knocked me unconscious. So I fell backwards without breaking my fall onto the highway and hit my head, creating a traumatic brain injury. Now, the next part is a little difficult for me to explain to you. But my employer, I'm not going to mention his name because he still struggles a little bit from there that night. And, uh, he, but he gave me CPR. He gave me CPR. I had no heartbeat. I had no pulse. I was gone. And this man came to my, and he's a Christian, man. He goes to church. He's very active in his church. And he gave me CPR for somewhere around 30 minutes, they said, to the rescue squad got there. They had to stop the interstate traffic in order to get the rescue squad there. And I'm just going to lighten it up just a little bit because I always had this dream that we could stop the interstate traffic so that we could, <laughs> we could do our paving, you know, without all this traffic. Well, I accomplished that. But getting back to the seriousness of it, uh, the rescue squad got there and uh, hit me with the paddles. The, 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 shocking and it started my heart back but I did not become conscious and this second part is a little difficult for me too because the only realization the only imagine the only image that I've got in my mind of that night is I'm laying on my back I'm in a vehicle it's moving around I'm laying on my back and I'm looking and I'm trying to figure out where I'm at what's going on and there's this box like right here and it's blinking and doing stuff and, and out the corner of my eye, I could see somebody sitting over here, but I could not recognize them. And I heard, I heard what I heard. Be still, be quiet. I am with you. And it was like this speaker system in this church. It came from everywhere and I did not understand at all. And I was gone again. And Actually, at that point, I have no more recollection until later on, uh, January. That was October 10th, and my, my mind and my, my memory and, and thoughts and everything about me never came back until the middle of December to January, and Frankie's got some, some knowledge of all of this. He was present, so I'm going to turn this over to my brother Frankie, and thank you, Frankie, for being here for me. So I think y'all have heard a little bit about this story before when Mark started coming to this church. One thing, it, he was looking for a church and he came here and he felt so welcomed by all of you. So I just want to give praise for that. Um, 
And the power of testimony is, is just unbelievable. It, there's also freedom in testimony. So as I give my testimony and Mark gives his today, there's a lot of freedom for Mark today that's gonna be have, he, you know, he's gonna have that out to, of today. So first and foremost, as I look out and I see some nurses and doctors in this audience, um, praise be to God for you and what God has done in your life and the miracles you do each and every day. I know you've been a big part of my mom's miracle. You've been a big part of lots of miracles in the nursing field too. So we got a message. It's, it was a long road to get there, but um, we got a message that they were gonna pull the plug on Mark to bring all the family members in and uh, make their peace with letting go of Mark. The doctors had done what they could do. They'd done everything they can do for Mark. And um, Don and I was like, no, we need to go pray for him and anoint him. So we went to Charlottesville and um, we anointed Mark. But in that room was um, a friend of his, his son, his son's girlfriend, Don and I, and a couple other people were in that room and gathered around this bed and anointed Mark. We anointed Mark for what the healing that Jesus could do with him. And um, so people were saying goodbye. People had their doubts that this was even possible, that, that the nurses and doctors could give up on him. But as far as UVA, they'd done everything they knew to do for him. And no response from his brain, some twitching in his leg, and that's it. For the most part, he was dead. He had a heartbeat. But um, anyway, we prayed for him, and we left and allowed just family to be there. And at um, 4 o'clock, and that's the time they picked early in the day, they said 4 o'clock, we're pulling the plug on this. And at 4 o'clock, they did. And... Right after that, he said, I want a Pepsi. <laughs> so, so with that being said, to me, it just tells me that God's not done with him yet. Today, today is just part of that testimony that God is not done with him yet. He went through... He didn't actually go home from October 10th until the end of February is finally when he got home. So um, he dealt with a lot of doctors, nurses, rehabs, everything along the way. And a lot of them seen what the miracle that was along the way. And that testimony to them too, and he's went back to the nurses and, and uh, praise be to God for that. And that he's allowed, he went back to them and say, how, you know, and introduced himself and, hey, you worked with me. And they knew the miracle that that was. Yeah. So, yeah, praise God. The only things I have left to say about this miracle is it is a miracle. I, I, I disputed that and tried not to accept it and all these things. I'm still living in Mark in the first stages 
of recovery, you know, I'm not going to, but I didn't have the recollection of uh, Frankie's testimony. And then once I heard what he said and, and realized the nature of it and everything, I started accepting a whole lot of things in my life. And Oh, my gosh. And it started to turn around. It started around. We serve an amazing God. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my, my employer, the same guy, he, he visited me a few times in the hospital, assured me that I was still employed. And I'm like, how could that be? You know, and one, one day, one of the nurses asked me if I wanted to go, go walk around a little bit, and they allowed me off of the, uh, off of the floor because they knew I wanted to go because I'd already tried to sneak over to the elevators before. <laughs> and this whole, whole group of nurses came running and like, where, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm several, oh, several hundred feet away from where the nurse's station is. And here they, I'm like, what is going on? And they said, we know you, we know you. And it took me a little while to figure out they had an ankle bracelet on me. That <laughs> if I got near the, uh, the elevators, it went off, you know. But anyway, this lady let me down. There's more, it's just so many miracles in this story. She, 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 she led me down to the VA. I was in the VA hospital in Richmond, uh, Horner McGuire. And I went down to the commissary. She wanted to know if I wanted to go down, and I did. And we walked right by a machine. And I was looking at it, and she said, do you know what that is? And I said, yes, that's a, that's a money machine. <laughs> and, and I know I'm, I'm 62 years old, but I, I feel like I'm a child again through all this process, you know, so just bear with me. And she says, do you have a, a money machine card? And I said, I don't know. And I got my wallet out, and, and she saw it, and she said, yeah, put it in there. So I put it in there. Do you know your PIN number? I said, what is that? I mean, I woke up with no memory, pretty much, for real. And she said, well, you gave me your birth date a little while ago, and that, that was uh, a tragic event for me because I got, we was counting years and stuff, and I got up to 48, and I stopped right there. And I said, I'm 48 years old, and she said, no. And I said, 49? No, 40, 46, 45? No, 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 no. And I said, just cut to the chase and tell me how old I am. <laughs> and she said, you're 58 years old. And uh, I was like, how long have I been in this hospital? <laughs> and and uh, she said, Mark, just, just take it easy. Just take it easy. You gave me your birthday, 12757. 1957, put that in there. And I put that in there. And the most amazing thing ever happened to me in my entire life, there was a number on that, on that machine and I was like, and I did that two or three times, I think. And my gosh, uh, she said, is, is your bank account okay? I said, I, I don't know. I, I, she said, what's wrong? And I said, there's nothing wrong, really, that I know of, but I have never had this much money in my bank account in my entire life. <laughs> and what I found out was I called the secretary at work, and she broke my heart, uh, made me cry over the telephone. She said, you don't know what happened. And I said, no, I, I, don't have a whole, I don't have a lot of recollection of anything. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm trying to get this all in one picture, but I, I'm, I don't understand why there's a lot of money in my account. And I got direct deposit, so she would know. And she said, you don't know. And I said, no. She said, Mark, I'll just say your employer. Your employer has paid you your full salary the entire time you've been in the hospital. 
I still work for this amazing man. Uh, I've had to take uh, unemployment during the winter months because we, we ended up hiring a new guy to, to fill my position because with the, with the little bit of disabilities I got with memory and some administrative skills, I'm not quite exactly where I used to be. I'm growing, I'm getting there, you know, but I tell you, as I wake up in this world, I don't know if I want that position back. <laughs> I'm, I'm 62 years old. I'm getting kind of close to that time when I need to just take it easy, you know, and I just want to thank you guys. This church is amazing. The first day I walked in that door back there, I was, I was greeted. I, was, I had arms wrapped around me, I, I, and nobody knew me here that I knew of, that Frank, except Frankie and Dawn. And uh, I, I just I felt that way ever since I've been here and I've, I've gotten here. This is a wonderful church. God is active in this church. And if anybody wanted to say a prayer for me, Pray for whatever that purpose is because everybody's telling me God's got a purpose for you. I'm looking, I'm searching, but I think you're putting too much mark into it. So, thank you, guys. Thank you. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Let's go up a little higher. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow, angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore Declare it now. Yes, we do. And everybody said, Woo, you may be seated for one moment. Now, Lord, I just want to thank you, Father. I'm not done with you yet, Mark. Because the Lord's got something He wants to say to you, but the rest of us too. I was reading uh, in men's group, Paul and Silas being thrown into prison. Anybody know that story? Paul and Silas, real quick, uh, that they, they, they're preaching and they're sharing and there's a, a demon-possessed uh, girl, slave girl, following behind them, proclaiming, these men serve the Most High God. These men serve the Most High God. And what she was saying was true, but it was taking attention away, just like the enemy tries to do all the time, taking attention to, away from God Almighty and putting it on those men. And Paul and Silas were getting a little tired of it, and Paul turned around and rebuked the, the spirit, and it left immediately, left the girl immediately. Now, that's great for the girl. Hallelujah. She's set free. Amen. But like happens many times, when we see people set free, there are people that also don't like it too much. And her owners were not happy one bit because their money-making scheme was no longer. It was gone. So, of course, they told some lies that Paul and Silas are stirring up the city, trying to create a riot. And so Paul and Silas are beaten they are flogged and flogged and beaten and beaten and flogged. And just so you know, there were really, uh, when it came to beatings and floggings, it, it wasn't like, you know, uh, we need to be very careful. They did what they needed to do. And these guys ended up getting hurt pretty bad. And then they got thrown in prison. 
They got thrown into the very center prison of the, of the jail. And the jailer is watching them closely. And what I love is this. Just as Frankie shared, he was in prison, but he was free in prison because of who? Because of who? Oh, he was free in prison. Paul and Silas were free while they were being flogged. They were free while they were being beaten. And they were free while they were thrown into that rotting cell. And what do they start to do? Praise you, Lord. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore. Thank you. You are with us. You are with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. They were in the presence of God Almighty. Amen? Amen? Hey, in, that's how in, your, in the presence of God you can be free in spite of what's going on around you. Amen? And how many know God can do that in our lives regardless of what we see or hear? Amen? Many times we get so disrupted we forget what Paul says, I walk by faith, not by... But the only way that works is when we press into the presence of God Almighty and begin living in it and from His presence. Well, as Paul and Silas are worshiping, <laughs> just so happened, coincidentally, an earthquake hit. I am being facetious. An earthquake hit, rattled that prison, and those chains came off of Paul and Silas, and those prison cell doors flung wide open. And what I love is this. It wasn't just Paul and Silas's prison cell doors that flung open. Guess who else's doors flung open? All the prisoners. So Paul and Silas, then they, come on now, this is where it really gets. Paul and Silas were set what? They were set free. Now, for many of us, and I want you to think about this for a moment, for many of us, the moment we smelled freedom, we would take off, would we not? Oh, come on. But that jailer who had been appointed to watch them knew when he realized that those men were no longer in their cells, were no longer chained where they were to be, that his day had come. He would be executed by his superiors. So much so that he grabbed his own sword and set out to go ahead and do it to get it over with. When from out of the darkness, a voice yells, stop. We are all right here. When I read that the other night, something jumped out at me for the first time. Paul and Silas were not set free for themselves. Paul and Silas were set free so that jailer could be set free. Because we know what happened at the end of the story. Suddenly, he's in a position that he's never been before. He's receptive. He wants to hear what just happened. And Paul and Silas gladly share the gospel. The jailer comes to know Jesus. He takes them to his house. The family comes to know Jesus, and they are all baptized into the faith. Amen? I'm going to tell you what. Paul and Silas were just a part of those spiritual dominoes. Are you hearing me? You've been set free so that someone else can be set free.
Brother Mark back there, I'm going to speak directly to him, but I'm also going to speak to all of you, including myself. Your purpose, you're already walking. You are already walking it, brother. The Lord set you free not to be just this, wow, look what the Lord did in Mark. He set you free because there are countless individuals that are going to hear, look what the Lord has done, and they're going to be set free. Amen? 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 So why not those who love Him, put them hands around Him, and let's just believe that together. And Roger, I want you in on that too. Can you just get that hand on Mark right there behind you there? And we're just going to pray. Lord, and let's get those hands towards Mark back there. Lord, we're just going to believe right now in the name of Jesus that what you have already begun in my brother Mark, God, you are going to use in a mighty way. Lord God, it's not about, about and I love how he said, I still got a lot of Mark in me. Oh, I hear that. It's me too. I got a lot of Dave that tries to float around. I'm so thankful that, Lord, we do not have to press in and figure out ourselves, but you said, come to me, you who are weary, and I will give you rest. The my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You don't have to try to figure it out. Just know me and let me do the rest. Lord, I am so thankful right now for Brother Mark. I am so thankful that he is among the living here today. I am so thankful that you raised him out from death's hands. I thank you today, Lord God, that, Father, you're even restoring some of that memory that's been gone. I thank you, Lord, that it's all happening. But, God, I thank you that it's not for Mark. He already has everything he needs now. His name is Jesus. God, I thank you. You set him free now so that somebody else can be set free. And Lord, I pray that over every person here today. You declared that we have streams of living water flowing. Father, we have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. Can anybody give praise to that? We've been saved by the blood of Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. Oh, no. It now flows out that many others may be set free. I thank you that today marks the beginning of a change even in Mark's life, Father. Not a change of, uh, of, oh, I figured it out, but Lord, it's a change of, wow, we're about to see some lives transformed here. In Jesus' name I pray. And Father, I want to thank you that with every life here today, Lord, what you have done is for your name's sake, yes, for our good, but for your glory that we'll see lives around us transformed. So, Lord, we do welcome that freedom in Jesus' name. We welcome that freedom right now in Jesus' name. But then we say thank you, Lord, because we're going to let it flow out, and we're going to see many others set free in Jesus' name I pray. I'm just going to read a verse real quick. You can look back up real fast. Found in Galatians 5 while they're pl playing here. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Can I hear an amen on that? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again. He goes on to say, you, in verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, how many of those are in the house today? Brothers and sisters, okay. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Let your neighbor know you were called to be free. Let them know right now you were called to be free. But it goes on to say this, don't use your freedom to indulge yourself because it's not about who. It's not about who. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor. You've been set free so that someone else can be what? Amen? Amen? Frankie Hollingsworth was set free, not for Frankie. He was set free for Mark. And whoever else, he's a spiritual domino in the midst of. Amen? And Mark has been set free for a lot of others. That's the same for each of you. Amen? Amen? Let it flow from you. Let it flow from you, God's love, grace, and mercy, because there are people that truly need Him. Amen. Let's stand and sing, What a mighty God we serve. It's kind of been a theme song today. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him.